1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
0: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
1: You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Postgame Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to Bear Down! Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt and I can't even begin to explain just how exciting it is to be here with you tonight in our first free agency show of the offseason. Ryan Pace went all out as the Bears came to agreements with four free agents. We have Alan Robinson, Trey Burton, Cody Parkey, and Taylor Gabriel. With me, I have both of my Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, with me to go ahead and break down these Four huge splashes, brothers. Can you do better than me? And maybe find a way to put your excitement into words because I have a hard time all day long finding words to put just how excited I am about these four signings.
2: Does it have to be one word? No, okay, I'll just say that I'm really excited. <laughs> so there we go.
3: <laughs> I think well, exciting know. is the right word because I mean, obviously, with the season ending, you, this just brings you. St- up to
1: you know anticipation what the bear season is going to become so it's just exciting in general yeah no doubt about it exciting ecstatic exuberant i mean if you want to whip out the thesaurus i just helped you out there but uh (laughs) so let's go ahead and get in today's special podcast and before we do i just want to kind of give you a rundown of what to expect throughout the show we're going to go ahead and go player by player sharing our initial reaction of each signing talk about each player's strengths their weaknesses, how they fit into the grand scheme of things, our expectations for them, and of course, a whole bunch more. So let's begin and let's go through this thing in chronological order. I think that makes the most sense. So last night, about 3 a.m. my time, uh, which is Eastern time, 2 a.m. Chicago time, the report broke that the Bears and Allen Robinson have agreed on a three-year, $42 million contract. Honestly, when I first woke up, the very first thing I saw on my phone was from Nick and a writer on her website, Devante, about this. And I was in huge disbelief. I did not expect to wake up to the news of, Allen Robinson. It seemed like you might have been going elsewhere. It seemed like Sammy Watkins was going to be the Bears guy, and out of nowhere, Allen Robinson's coming here to Chicago. And my first thought on top of that was, "Hey, we finally got ourselves a number one receiver, the first one since Brandon Marshall left." And you know, I have to say, I'm sorry, Alshon, you just weren't number one right receiver here. But guys, I want to know what's your initial reaction of the signing, and B, I'll kick it over to you first. I, I, I don't think I was excited uh, as you were from the sounds of it. I
2: mean, I was satisfied because we, there was just a lot of uh, hype or talk about it on Twitter that when it happened, it was just like a satisfying feeling. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm excited that he's here, but it just wasn't the the wow factor just because there was so much talk surrounding it. It was just like, good. This is the, the one that we need. Sure.
1: Nick, did you have that similar experience or were you on my end with the, you know, the wow kind of moment? You know, I woke up at about five in the morning, early, an hour early before my alarm clock. So I was just kind of waking up and seeing
3: that Devontae, one of our writers, wrote an article about it. So I was like, yes, we got Allen Robinson. But I'm like, all right, now we got to get this out. So I was happy. Yes, of course, I was happy that the Bears got Allen Robinson because I wasn't I tweeted yesterday. I wasn't going to be excited if we got Sammy Watkins instead. If that was like the consolation prize, that was a Bears number one target. I wanted it. We all wanted it to be Robinson and then once we got him, yeah, of course I was excited, but I think being like 5 in the morning, uh, I had to go to work earlier or later that day. I was like, alright, great. I wish I could go back to sleep. That didn't end up happening, but of course I was happy that it happened.
1: Do you still wish it was Jarvis Landry? Be honest.
3: Uh, You know, that was my first guy, and um, he, he still was is my first guy, but that's obviously not happening now, but uh, <laughs> Allen Robinson, he's definitely the best fit right now for the Bears. Um, I'm glad we got him and not Sammy Watkins, but if, if Jarvis Landry was there, that would have been interesting for me personally, but I'm, I'm glad we got Robinson.
1: I'm ecstatic that we have Robinson. I think he's going to be a huge target, you know, literally and figuratively for Mitchell Trubisky this upcoming season. And of course, for seasons to follow, I think we should just go ahead and jump into the strengths and weaknesses of Robinson. I'm going to begin with a couple of strengths. The first one is that he does a lot of different things. Well, which of course is a plus. The first thing I noticed is you got to love the size that he brings to the table. Six foot three, he can get up and over defenders, beat him to the football, but he's also a pretty darn good route runner. He's a big fluid dynamic receiver. He can beat corners on the outside of the numbers and with the balls in his hands and you know with his swift route running ability he's able to go ahead and beat that man coverage something that we did not see last year from any of the receivers in chicago on top of that he's going to garner some attention take the focus away from the box as teams are going to be worried about how personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo
0: advisors plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client robots don't know you we do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor
1: at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it being beat over the top, especially on the outside now with Robinson, you know, he's not the fastest guy, but I, what I like, of course, he has that long stride to gain some separation from corners as well. And on top of that, he's a huge red zone threat. All six of his uh, touchdowns in 2016, came inside the red zone and one number I want to share in terms of his deep threat uh, prowess is that his 672 deep receiving yards in 2015 his breakout season are the most by any whiteout in a single season since pro football focus started tracking that number in 2006 so we have a big time downfield threat here in Robinson and Nick I'm gonna go over to you any other strengths or anything that you like more about his game that I didn't touch on Yeah. Well, uh, speaking on the deep ball in 2015, he was targeted
3: 45 times on the go route and Blake Bortles hit him 32% of the time on that, which was the highest completion for Bortles on any route that Robinson ran. So he is a good deep ball threat. And I really just watching some of the film on him really love him when he runs these double moves and the fade route knows how to set these defenders up, right? Has that stutter step in the beginning, gets good separation, knows how to use his big body to, you know, Shield away from defenders, got a 39-inch vertical. This
1: guy, he can really do it all. And like you said, he's a really great route runner. So he's gonna be perfect in Nagy's offense. Sure thing. Uh Brandon, you want to maybe dive into a weakness or two that you may have found today? Uh yeah, but I mean just to add to one of the strengths real quick, you brought up sure. his size. When you watch his highlight reel, like he's
2: not easy to bring down, which is definitely a plus. Uh, but the uh one of the weaknesses was just the ACL injury. I mean, whether or not it's gonna be a lingering thing, like with Alshon, uh, he always had those soft tissue. Injuries, whatever is the ACL thing going to be uh, a weakness for Allen Robinson throughout his time here in Chicago? It was one of the weaknesses that I had.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a given, of course. I think that's probably the first thing, if not the second, that most people think of when they think about Robinson. The ACL, how's it going to hold up? I'm um, personally, uh, he says it's great. Obviously, the Bears are really yeah. in much belief that he's going to be definitely okay to start camp, start the season without any hiccups. So that's good news, at least to my ears. Uh, something else I want to mention real quick in terms of his weaknesses, and it's something that I'm confused about and I'm excited to see play out here in Chicago. Uh, the first thing about his strength he can make those contested catches. He can climb the ladder but he can also come down with those balls in traffic with some great adjustments in physicality but then he has issues when he, especially in 2016, when you're watching the tape, he'll drop what we call those easy catches when he's wide open, hits them right between the numbers and it just falls to the turf. I think he had nine drops that season. So again, it's a focus thing. He was on the Jaguars, the 2016 Jaguars, which wasn't the same team that we saw a year ago here uh, in the NFL. So for me, I want to know with those catches more on Bortles, was it more on his focus? Can he clean those things up? Because in kind of traffic, he can make those catches, but for some reason, especially in 2016, he had a hard time uh, coming down with those easy balls. Nick, anything else you want to add in terms of weaknesses? You know, that I also had as
3: a weakness is that at times, not, not primarily most of the time, but at times he could be like a body catcher. And I actually went back to see his draft combine, just to see what he was doing there to see his 40 time stuff Ran a four, six. So he's, Not the fastest receiver, so that's also one of the weaknesses. He's fast, but he doesn't have that extra gear, so you can knock him for that. But uh, just when he's going through like the gauntlet and like doing those catching drills, I noticed a couple of times where he actually caught it with his body like he let the ball hit him right, like you said, right in between the numbers. So I think he's gotten better at that. And you know, being off an entire season, um, obviously, you can. I guess work on your hands a little bit, but yeah, those are just some knocks you have on him, but he is a young rising receiver. And if he can get over this injury with this ACL and the, the sky's at the limit for him,
1: really. Oh, it really is. He's only one year older than Calvin Ridley. So it's almost like we had a draft pick here in Allen Robinson. Of course, it's a little bit more expensive with that three year, $42 million contract. But uh, let's take a second and take a little break and look at maybe some things off of the field, get to know Alan Robinson just a little bit more. Brandon, did you find anything in terms of his personality or any interesting nuggets or stories that you may have found on him? He's already got a Bears jersey or Bears jersey. Bulls jersey.
2: I've seen that on Twitter. But other than that, that was about it because I was filling all this out for the show. And then I see me signed to Gary Wilson. And I had to scramble to get more notes in. So I didn't get much on any of these guys' personality, unfortunately
1: it's okay it's been a busy day uh yeah. when we first started right oh, should we do the podcast tonight when we only heard about robinson right now we should hold off let's see who they can sign some more maybe today throughout wednesday and next thing you know it's just they kept coming boom 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 so definitely understand uh, a couple things i want to mention uh i heard he's a very committed player uh to his craft so that's of course a benefit uh but some interesting things i found about him off the field uh, he was 31 in the nfl's top 100 players list in 2015 that is more of an on the field thing i understand that uh, but something else he was on the show ink master before he got a tattoo to honor detroit where he grew up and he also has a tattoo of his famous catch that he made at penn state and thinking of penn state or speaking of he was a teammate of adrian amos there in penn state as well so he does have a current teammate on the bears that he had when he was in college so that's pretty neat as well nick anything else you want to add in this category Yeah,
3: speaking of Detroit, he really idolized a receiver that Bears fans are all too familiar with, and that's Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron. So, I mean, he grew up in Detroit. He thinks that, I read an article where he's like, he's an absolute Hall of Fame wide receiver, which Megatron will be, but yeah, he idolized him. He said he revolutionized really the game. He said that Moss was one of those first kind of guys, then Megatron comes just being that big, that physical, that fast, and he idolizes him, and if Allen Robinson could be anything like Calvin Johnson, we are in, you know, in store for a great receiver, a great career to come from Allen Robinson.
1: No doubt about it. I like that comparison. I mean, of course he has a lot to uh, go to reach oh, yeah. that, but still I like it nevertheless, but uh, Brandon, I'm going to go over to you going back more on the field. I want to know, how do you see Robinson fitting in Chicago?
2: I I think that honestly, he's just the best wide receiver that the bears have had since Marty Booker. I, I mean, he just provides Trubisky with that pro bowl caliber threat as his number one receiver. Now. And I like, I say that he's going to be best that we had since Marty Booker because I don't really consider Brandon Marshall with all his locker room issues to be an all-around quality best wide receiver. And I think that's something Allen Robinson brings. It seems like you know I haven't seen any bad news about him, so I'm going to assume that everything about him is good at this point. So I have reason to believe otherwise. So just an all-around quality locker room guy, on the field guy, just has the potential to really excel and give Trubisky the the Pro Bowl caliber receiver that he I think desperately is going to need here.
1: Yeah, no, I obviously, I think Pace <laughs> and Nagy know that as well, hence why he's here to Chicago. And of course, we have some other targets to talk to later on in the show. But, Nick, uh, I want to get your thoughts here. How do you expect Robinson fitting from the get go? Well, again, we said that he can run all these routes, and he's
3: definitely capable of that. And Neggy's system, you got to be a very precise route runner to be able to excel in this offense. And uh, that was one of the reasons why Allen Robinson really chose, you know, Chicago, maybe over San Francisco. It was Nagy's offense. And I think what Robinson brings with skill set wise, being able to run all those diverse routes and run them effectively, that's where he's gonna fit in. You can plug him in anywhere, even though he's primarily on the outside. You can put him in the slot. He's gonna be able to run an effective route and be able to get open. That's where he's gonna fit in Neggy's offense. It's gonna be interesting to see. You're gonna have a Cameron Meredith, Allen Robinson, and you got to factor in Kevin White too as well. So three big bodied receivers, and yet uh Robinson, he wants to be here because he knows his skill set fits
1: best in Neggy's system. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. So let's look at some expectations and let's kind of look at it in two segments. We can look at it in short-term and long-term. I'm going to put this up to you guys. And Nick, I want to go ahead and let you begin with the short-term. What's your short-term expectations for Robinson? Short-term. I mean, obviously he's coming into a new system. He's going to be with a new quarterback. I just
3: want to see him at first short-term, just get that chemistry with Mitch Trubisky. get enrolled in this offense, get acclimated to the team. And, you know, being in a new city, he's going to be in Chicago now and not in obviously Jacksonville so short term just getting familiar with you know all the people all of his new teammates and just one the big thing you got to get that chemistry of Mitch Trubisky going forward um right now right
1: when he gets to Chicago and then overly for his longevity of his career yeah and exactly I think something else that I at least expectations from the get-go is going to be, of course, now he's the wide receiver one, which kind of shifts Cameron Meredith to the you know the two position, which honestly, I think that's where he's best suited. That's where we saw him really excel with Alshon Jeffrey opposite of him. So I, on top of that, I expect him to be a leader in this locker room in terms of the wide receiver group and their room as well. So for me, he's going to come in, become a leader of that position, kind of take ownership of it, and of course, put everyone else in a better position to succeed, which of course is why Ryan Pace decided to go ahead and get the wide out from Jacksonville. Looking at the long-term, Brandon, I want you to go ahead and kick that off
2: he's already been to one pro bowl so i mean i would expect him that he can do it at least once or twice more he's only going to be here for three years so maybe he only gets to one pro bowl so in the short term i kind of expect him to still be knocking off some rust don't be frustrated with him in the short term I, you know he's just got a lot of adjustments to make but i think at least by the end of his contract he should at least be to another pro bowl for a long-term uh goal or expectation i have of him
1: Sure. Nick, I want to know from you. Do you think he has a potential with Trubisky? They're both very young, of course. They can have that long established connection. But can Robinson end up being one of the most productive receivers in Bears' history? Yeah.
3: I mean, if you look at his 2015 season, had he played that in
1: Chicago, he would have
3: had most of the statistical categories if he was, you know, a Chicago Bear at that time. So he's in a perfect situation. A young quarterback, new offense, new head coach. And if he, you know, can write out this contract, you know, be productive, be productive, Mitch Trubisky, stay healthy long term. We could possibly. I know he's he's new here. He hasn't done anything for the Chicago Bears yet, but it just seems like all the pieces of the puzzle are in place. And if everything goes right, he could end up being one of the best, you know, Bears receivers in history. That's that's saying a lot. But if everything sets up perfectly right and hopefully
1: it does, Allen
3: Robinson could be that guy. He has that potential, no doubt. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun
1: to watch, too. It really would. All right, so moving on, a couple things that I had you guys kind of prepare for is kind of projecting each player's ceiling and floor. And let's go ahead and begin with Robinson's ceiling. Brandon, what do you think that is? Like I said, he could probably get to a couple more pro Bowls. I mean, he's got the quarterback to get him in the ball, and he's got other
2: playmakers that allow him to go on one-on-one coverage and win a lot of those battles. Like we talked about before, he likes to win those 50-50 battles. Well, obviously, every player likes to win the 50-50 battles, but he can actually do it with the size, his leaping ability. Uh, so i mean he's still a young player with a lot of potential i don't necessarily know what what to peg numbers to because he's i mean he had one breakout year and then another good year and then the injury year uh so i don't i don't necessarily know where to peg numbers but i'm i'm gonna stick with my couple pro Bowls as a ceiling
3: sure Nick how about you uh, for a ceiling, I mean, I would expect him to be a perennial pro, pro bowler. He's going to be there. He's going to be consistent, hopefully. Um, and a guy that's honestly for a ceiling I want him to be on the field, uh, consistently because we haven't seen that from a bears wide receiver for ceiling, uh, player wise. I don't know what to really compare him to. I think that, um, that's kind of hard to do, especially cause he hasn't taken a snap in a bears uniform, but, uh, just a guy that you can count on. When it's uh late in the game, Trubisky's gonna have to find his go-to target. And hopefully Robinson's gonna be there to make the big play, big catch, you know,
1: convert the chains, make the touchdown. Uh that's I just want Robinson to be that go to guy. For sure. For me, the ceiling, again, I get this open on purpose. So we can kind of take it in a few different directions. For me, I think a ceiling's a top ten receiver in the NFL, somewhere around the lines of like 80 catches, twelve hundred yards eight touchdowns. I think we would all be satisfied with that kind of stat line from Robinson. And of course I had to, a potential return to the Pro Bowl might just be in order, but let's flip it. Let's look at his floor because of course we know every player is a risk, especially in free agency. So what would be his potential floor? And maybe we should kind of keep the injury out of the equation. So if healthy, what's his floor? And Nick, I'm going to go back to you.
3: You know, I was kind of thinking maybe it's like an Alshon Jeffrey type of role. Maybe that's his floor. And you know what? That's still better than everything that the bears have currently right now. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the worst thing, but obviously you expect more out of Allen Robinson being that young and having the potential to do the things that he can do. So I think that would be the floor at Alshon Jeffrey type of player. Hopefully one that can be more consistently on the field, but can get that jump ball, can make that big catch, can get open can has good hands. So hopefully, I mean, that would be the ceiling. I mean, I mean the floor, but still that's not that bad when you really think about it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's a good pick because when you're looking at like the floor, like what's the worst case scenario, uh, especially if you look back at his previous seasons when he was healthy, it's a pretty decent floor to have. It's uh, a lot better than the Bears have had recently. Uh, Brandon, how about you? What's your expectations in terms of his floor? Oh, well,
2: before he said that, let's rule out the injury. I said I don't think he can get much lower than one reception for 17 yards, which was last that's, year's statistic. That's fair. Um, but really with Robinson, even if a floor like he ends up being like an Alshon Jeffrey type player, maybe even like. A little lower than that, uh, but Cam Meredith comes back from his injury and is succeeding really well. If Kevin White can stay healthy and be on the field, uh, and Allen Robinson doesn't perform, they're not in a position where you know if that happens, just a hypothetical. You know, his floor isn't necessarily going to hurt the team either. So I don't think that he's going to stoop much lower than where he's at right now, as far as having a productive year in 2016. Uh, but if if everything shapes out right, where Cam Meredith comes back from his injury and Kevin White can stay healthy, and that's as as low as he gets a little peg lower than Alshon, then then so what?
1: Sure. No doubt about it. For me looking at Robinson, uh, I think the floor is pretty much on par with you guys. So for the sake of time, I'm going to move on to maybe this thing that we like most about this player. And I think for me, it's the theme that we've had all off season long and that's versatility. He's a guy who can go ahead be corners deep, but he can also kind of can take, control in the red zone become that red zone threat so for me what i like about alan robinson the most is probably his versatility how he can go ahead and be a difference maker in a multitude of ways brandon right back to you what's maybe the one thing you like the most uh really it's his his football iq I mean, there was i was watching the
2: one of his highlight reels uh to do a little bit of tape watching on him uh and there's one play where he Adjusts his body makes makes the catch in traffic and stops right on a dime and pivots to try and get away from the fender because he just knows where everyone's at on the field. And that's really going to help him when he's up in traffic up in the air, knowing where all your defenders are at, whether or not you're going to get hit. Things of that matter as far as shaking defenders as well. So I, I think he's got a good football IQ. That's something that I really like about him.
3: What about you, Nick? You know, like I said earlier in the podcast, he's not the fastest guy, but he knows how to get open, and when he does, he usually makes a good catch. So uh, the way he's able to set up defenders to get open, find the holes in the defense, that's that's what I really like because again, um, you're not always gonna beat people at speed. You gotta be able to put yourself in positions to succeed when you go up against like that faster corner, faster safety, or whatever. So the way he can position himself to just find the holes in the defense, get open, uh use his body to you know maneuver around defenders. That's what
1: I really like about Allen Robinson. Awesome. All right, so are you guys worried about anything else besides the ACL? I that's what I had on my list in terms of things I'm worried about. Anyone have anything else they want to chime in with? Nope. Not really. I mean, that's the reason why I preferred Landry over Robinson, but
3: I think I'm, you know, getting more uh, comfortable, I guess, because ACLs have been such a common injury, really, and players are really coming back from them like it's nothing now, just with the way that uh, the medicine and healing process is going. So, yeah, that was my biggest issue. That's why I had uh, Jarvis Landry over Robinson, but I'm really coming to being
1: more comfortable with the injury. Awesome. Obviously the bears are comfortable. I'm comfortable. <laughs> Nick's coming around. Life is good. All right guys, let's go ahead and break out the red pens and let's go ahead and grade this signing. I'm going to begin I give this one an A, maybe even an A-plus if I'm feeling that kind of homeristic today. He was the top wide receiver available. Ryan Pace found a way to get him. Only 24, tons of potential. And with a second-year QB, a first-year head coach, I think he's the correct piece to go ahead and complete this puzzle. Last year, you know, we sounded like broken records, saying that the Bears had nobody on the outside. Well, we now have somebody, and he's a playmaker. I'm excited to watch him uh, come September. Nick, how about you? What's your grade? Got the red pen here. I'm going to have to give it an A. We
3: got... The Bears got their guy. This is the top wide receiver in this free agent class. Young, still 24 years old. I think he's going to be able to come back from that ACL injury, so he's going to be able to do great things with a young quarterback, with a new head coach. This guy's looking up for Chicago for sure. Yes,
2: it is. What about you, B? I don't have my red pen out, but I do have a broom here. I'm giving it an A as well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for my li- for our lifetime, I mean, the Bears haven't had a true number one receiver like they could potentially have with Allen Robinson here, and I think that Ryan Pace got his guy to try and and fill that void for Trubisky.
1: All right. A's across the board, and 89% of Bears fans, too, via our Twitter poll. About 500 votes have came in for that. 89% give it an A. 11% give it a B. And if you're a math major or you're just good at basic math, that is 100%. No one gave them a C or a D. All righty. Coming up next, we're going to talk about a new Bear a tight end, Super Bowl champion, Trey Burton. But first, I need to take a quick time out and tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Geek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, the Bears brothers all have the SeatGeek app on their phones, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere, and just with a few taps, Instantly find some seats. I actually just use uh, SeatGeek to purchase tickets for a concert that Brandon and I were at last night in Indianapolis, the Eagles concert, which, by the way, was a fantastic concert. Um, Had a lot of fun. But something that we found out about the SeatGeek app that we didn't know before was instead of printing off your e-tickets, they just give you a nice handy little QR code. So you can save a tree, just walk in with your phone. They scan it. Boom. You're in the show, in the concert uh, at the sporting event as well. So SeatGeek, they're designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my two Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, and we are breaking down pretty much what we're going to call Ryan Pace Day here in Chicago as the Bears have signed four pretty decent free agents, and we're moving on to our second one, and it is Trey Burton, and he is the Bears' new tight end. Uh, he's a Super Bowl champion, like I mentioned before the break. Uh, he's signing or will be signing a four-year $32 million deal, which on the surface Uh, Looking at Burton, he is such a Pace signing, right? Burton's a player who had to work his way up from an undrafted rookie to a key contributor on a Super Bowl winning offense. So one of those hardworking guys that Ryan Pace likes to bring in. Nick, I'm going to go over to you first. What was your initial reaction when you heard we finally got Trey Burton, someone that we've talked about all offseason long?
3: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was just a signing that Ryan Pace had to make. It made too much sense to get a guy like Trey Burton who, you know, was in a similar offense in uh, Philadelphia coming from uh, Doug Peterson with from the Andy Reid coaching tree. So I was excited that now it, you can pair him up, Trey Burton, with Adam Shaheen. So it was just a good signing overall. It works. Again, Ryan Pace went into free agency looking for weapons to put around Mitch Trubisky, and he definitely did that with Trey Burn. So I was excited again.
1: Uh, Not as excited as the Allen Robinson signing, but this is a sign that just needed to be made. Sure. Exciting. I think that's another theme that will be echoed throughout the entirety of this podcast. I'm sure Bears fans listening at home or in their car are probably thinking along the same lines if they're not very confused of what they're thinking, actually. But uh, Brandon, over to you. Initial thoughts. I was really
2: surprised. I didn't think the tight end would be a position that Pace would uh, go after. I know this was a guy that we all talked about, uh, but I just wasn't really sold on it. And then right before we came live, I was scrolling through Twitter and noticed that you were talking to one of our fans about how this was the guy who's filling in for Zach Miller. And I went, that makes a lot more sense now that I think about it that way, unfortunately. So I, I was surprised by it initially, but then after I seen, it, I was like that signing makes a lot more sense now.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It's something that uh, hasn't been really spoken about too much here throughout, at least I know on Twitter, but throughout Bears fans. that I think the Trey Burton signing is definitely a way to, you know, I don't want to say replace Zach Miller because it's going right. like it to be a whole new scheme and everything as well, but kind of take his spot um, in terms of that production from the tight end. We still have Adam Shaheen, of course, but we just don't know exactly where uh, his career, what kind of turn it's going to take only a second year player showed flashes last year, but nothing to really hang your hat on. But uh, for me, I was like, I was pretty happy when I saw the news. It's pretty funny. Cause uh, I asked on Twitter after the Robinson signing. All right, we got a receiver. Who's next. Who do you want? And the v- vast, Majority of folks wanted Trey Burton and then like legitimately within an hour it happened, which is pretty cool to see. But I think my first thought when I saw it was like, wow, Ryan Pace is not messing around this offseason. He just keeps bolstering that offense, putting more talent around Trubisky and just helping this offense take that next step that we all know it needs to desperately. Uh, but another thing I've noticed right away. Is this is kind of like one of those pay signings for another reason, and it's the reason that he mentioned his very first off season here in Chicago when he wanted to bring in players from winning cultures, from winning, you know, from winning teams, and he saw that first with Pernell McPhee who has Super Bowl experience, but now you're seeing it here too. With, of course, Trey Burton, who just is fresh off a Super Bowl win. And, of course, bringing in those players changes the culture a little bit. It has players on the team who knows what it takes, can teach the other people under his wing. This is what it takes to become a champion. Let's go do it here together in Chicago. And that's what had me the most excited, at least to start things off. And let's go ahead and get into Burton's strengths and weaknesses. Nick. What's a few of his strengths? I mean, from what I was watching the tape of Trey Burton, he was able to win
3: those one on one matchups because the Eagles, they like to split him out wide, put him in the backfield, put him on the line of scrimmage. There's a bunch of different ways they use Trey Burton, but when he's out there isolated one on one, he's able to win those one on one matchups with those linebackers. Uh, he's a smaller tight end, so he's able to get that speed. He's got good hands. Uh, he understands how to, again, he's a savvy route runner, just like uh, Allen Robinson is. Very good route runner, knows how to size people up. And when I noticed, uh, Well, there's potential for him to maybe take a big hit. He knows how to shield his body, you know, securing the catch and use his body to protect himself. So, and like I said, I just mentioned that he's lined up everywhere. He's also versatile. You can put him in the backfield. It's like a fullback. You can put him out wide. You can put him on the line of scrimmage in the slot. So that's what uh, Trey Burton's really going to bring. He's like, they, uh, just a very versatile tight end. That's just going to expand Nagy's
1: offense. Yeah. Another player, another versatile player coming here to Chicago. Again, it's a theme, but I think it's definitely purposeful. And they talked about it all off season long. We've mentioned it as well. And I'm excited to have Trey Burton. One thing I like in terms of his strengths is his speed and size. I think it make him a mismatch for both linebackers and safeties, which of course is a definite bonus here. And on top of that, he catches everything in sight. I had uh, the Eagles podcast that we kind of collabed with during that week that we, uh, face the eagles last year Drake like, dude this guy catches everything and i checked the stats and he wasn't kidding he only had one drop last year on 30 targets and he caught 23 of 24 catchable balls which was the second best rate among the 43 tight ends with at least 25 targets on the season the only tight end that was better rob gronkowski so for to bring in trey burton with such sturdy hands for me uh ah, gets me excited it really does what about you b any other strengths that we have not hit on yet
2: uh yeah he's Like incredibly reliable. He's only missed three games in his career. And speaking of reliability throughout his career, he's, you said he catches everything that comes his way. For his career, he's caught 70% of the passes that's been thrown his way. So he's just, he's like a magnet out there.
1: All right. Nick, how about you? Any weaknesses that you're kind of hesitant on? Well, the thing
3: is, he hasn't had a lot of experience in three years. He has 63 total catches, so he doesn't have the most experience. And he's been, you know, he was technically the third tight end on that Eagles roster. So you wonder, how is a guy that is, you know, as good as Trey Burton is, the number three. Obviously, you have Ertz and then Selleck, who's more of that blocking tight end now for the Eagles. But uh, that's that you get to wonder that. And well, how I guess a weakness that I'm thinking of for him, how will he adapt to playing this bigger role now with the Chicago Bears? It's not. Uh, he's not going to have those thirty catches. You you don't expect him to have thirty catches for the Bears. Now You expect that number to go a little bit more. So how is he just going to adapt to that? But um, another thing is he, like I said, he's a smaller tight end, six foot three, two hundred thirty five pounds. So he's not the biggest guy. I mean, there are some receivers that are bigger than him. So how is he going to be able to you know handle these blocks from these big linebackers or if he has to chip block in a defensive end? That's something that you got to worry about. But he is more of that receiving tight end. So I guess you can factor that into like his. size and how it helps him and, and is a disadvantage in the run game. But those are just some things I was thinking about and like nitpicking here. He's obviously didn't have all the um opportunities that he could have had, like if he was in Chicago with when he was in Philadelphia, but those are just some
1: weaknesses I was looking at. No, exactly. Nitpicking. That's fine. If you have to do that, that's a good thing. Because when I have under my weakness uh, weaknesses is, you know, it's hard to tell with his limited experience in Philly, Um, but they used him right. And you really don't see any of those true weaknesses from Burton in his play. Of course, you're kind of like forecasting what possible weakness could be. But in terms of what he was able to do in Philadelphia, there was never a time where he was like a liability and went on the field, which, of course, is a really good thing to have. And now we have it here in Chicago and hopefully he can live up to the same thing. B, anything further you want to add here?
2: Yeah. Nick brought up his size. I mean, that's something he can't really control, but he's the same size as Allen Robinson. I think he's just like 10 pounds heavier. So I would, you know, it's some, I would think that a tight end needs to be a little bigger, uh, but if he fills his role as a receiving tight end, then that's exactly what he's going to have to be here.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I think with that. So exactly. No, I think he's going to fit really well in that move tight end kind of, you know, mold here in chicago that's what i'm like uh moving on to personal life stuff i know brandon says don't bug but, him about that well, he i, I found
2: something on trey burton actually
1: oh of course you did go ahead uh he broke
2: tim tebow's record at florida university for touchdowns in a game with six
1: well there we go hey there's wow. a fun fact that is a fun fact i'll take it what about you nick anything else personal why li- uh personal life in terms of trey burton that you want to mention um, he started um, playing football when he was five years old,
3: and he was a QB all the way through high school. And then at the first two years in Florida, and then uh, former coach, uh, former Gators coach Urban Meyer said, "Hey, if we're gonna move you to tight end, and you know, it's kind of worked with him. Be you know, being an undrafted, uh, you know, player, and now getting this big contract from the Bears. So, yeah, he was a quarterback. So maybe we see more of that in this, you know, Negi office. We saw Tariq Cohen throw a pass. I'm pretty sure we'll see, you know, Trey Burton throw a pass at some
1: point in his Bears career. I mean, he has a Super Bowl uh, touch. Was that a does a two pointer, right? Ah, uh, no, I thought it was a touchdown, wasn't it? Philly special, Philly special. It was. You're right. Sorry, I, I pay more attention about my Bears than I do the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Even though it was a Super Bowl, I do. But uh, okay, so yeah, he definitely knows what he can do, and we saw Zach Miller throw a ball too, as well. So in terms of that, of course, he can step in and provide that as well. Something else I did. Uh, that I found, and I'm surprised Abe Brandon didn't find it. I've even debated bringing it up, but his grandfather, Lawrence Burton, uh, he was an All-American football player at, well, Purdue. I don't know if Brandon knows that. No, I did not. Yep. He was a first round pick at the New Orleans saints in 75. Uh, he decided to go out for a track one day in college, nine months later, uh, he was competing in the 1972 Olympics as well. Um, and I think he did hold the world record for the 60 yard dash Burton's grandfather did. So obviously the athleticism runs in the Burton family. I see what you did there. Hey, all right, let's go ahead. Let's talk about how these players fit. And I want to know in terms of uh, what do they bring to the table? Trey Burton, uh, we talked about versatility. Nick, anything further you want to add there? You are muted, Nick. I am muted. I'm sorry about
3: that. I was uh, reading my notes here. But uh, Trey Burton's going to play that. Like So there's uh, the Y tight end and the F tight end. He's going to be more that F versatile. You can think of the F tight end as more like the Z receiver. He can be moved around in different formations. That's what Trey Burton's going to be. So in terms of fit, I think Nagy's going to be able to, to put him well wherever he really wants to. A lot of teams now are going to this Y ISO formation with the tight ends now where they have three wide receivers on one side, and then you have your tight end on just ISO on the you know the other side. And I think that will be utilized. The Kansas City Chiefs like to use that with Travis Kelsey. I can definitely see Burton being that guy who's just lined up on the outside with a linebacker one-on-one. Beat him, that's going to be a pretty big play for you, regardless if it's a touchdown or not. So I think they'll use Trey Burton in that aspect and um, again, like I said, you can line them up in the backfield, have them go for a swing route, but it's really what Nagy wants it to be. And he's a pretty creative guy and coming, you know, from a good coaching background with Andy Reed, uh, Trey Burton's just a guy you can plug in anywhere and you'll, you can see what he can do. So it's going to be interesting to see how he implements both Shaheen and Trey Burton at the same time.
1: Yeah, and then think about this. You have Cameron Meredith out there. You have Alan Robinson out there. You bring in Adam Shaheen, who's huge. And of course, Trey Burton has so much size for defense they have to consider. And then, of course, you have Jordan Howard in the backfield or Cohen as well. So it's just a lot of size, a lot of speed, a lot of fun to watch, at least if it all kind of comes into place. Uh, something I've noticed about Burton that I expect him to bring to the table right away is just another red zone presence. Uh, out of his seven red zone targets last year, he caught six of those balls. Four of them went for touchdowns. So, of course, you're expect more targets for him down in the money zone this year but the production on those limited looks is of course very enticing uh brandon let's go ahead and move over to expectations anything short term that you want to uh go ahead and throw out there i just kind of
2: i know he's more of a receiving tight end but the bears at the moment don't necessarily have much of a blocking tight end so i know that he's not necessarily going to fit that role but that's something that he might have to do to be that number one tight end because adam shaheen he can he can run block but it's just not always the most consistent I uh, said so something that I expect him that he's going to have to grow in if he expects to be that number one tight end uh, shortly here.
1: Yeah, of course. And I don't think it's going to take him a long time to get acclimated. Of course, like we said, he's coming from a very similar system there in Philadelphia. So he's going to have a very minimal learning curve. And I think it's going to allow him to excel early and often in Chicago. I expect him to help Trubisky. Uh, the second year quarterback is going to have, a, like I mentioned, another big body to go ahead and go target. Uh, I expect him also, because Nick, you mentioned his versatility. I think that's going to lead him to become maybe an X factor on offense, a guy that is going to alter game plans. Do you see that being the case as well? Oh, yeah, I definitely can see that.
3: And that just gives him more opportunities to be on the field. Oh, we can line you up here. We can line you up there. There's not just one specific spot for him. And that creates mismatches. If he's in the backfield, you can easily, as a linebacker, just kind of lose track of the misdirection routes that are going throughout the entire play.
1: And, yeah, I think that is an X factor when you really think about it. No doubt about it. All right, looking more long-term, guys, what's your overall thoughts? How's Burton going to fit in the long-term grand scheme? And, Nick, I'm going to go right back to you. You know, Zach Miller was on pace at one point in his
3: Bears career. He was, he had more reception, more touchdowns than, you know, everyone on the team. Now, Sean Jeffrey was there. Obviously, he missed a couple of games, but if he can do what uh, Zach Miller did on his prime with the Chicago Bears and then, you know, stay healthy and uh, be able to do it for the longevity, longevity of his career, that's a good tight end. And again, he's going to be, uh, have some opportunities still taken away from him because there is Adam Shaheen there. So I guess. You don't want to expect these huge numbers because you have two really good, t- two really good young tight ends. So long term, you know, you just want a guy that's again. He didn't have many opportunities in Philadelphia, but when he, you know, had those opportunities, the ball was thrown his way, he made those catches. So long term, again, another guy that Trubisky can count on. If Allen Robinson's getting double team, hey, let's go to Trey Burton right here, right now, because the linebacker's not going to be able to guard him. That's, I guess, not specifically answering your question long term, but I just want that to be a safety target that Trubisky can go to just in case, you know, again, Robinson's locked up or someone else is locked up. Trey Burn could be that guy.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I think too, when you're looking like long-term um, you mentioned it in Philadelphia, every time he had an opportunity, he took the most of it. He took advantage of it. I think he'll do the same here in Chicago now with a bigger role going to be on his plate. I think he's up for the challenge. And I think long-term he's going to give uh, Chicago a very sound presence at tight end for at least the, the foreseeable future. What about you B? Uh, just kind of like what Nick said, he, he
2: needs to be a security blanket kind of guy. I don't expect him to put up Zach Miller type numbers, especially just on paper when you look at the the weapons now that Trubisky has. And this is more of a short term answer, uh, but it could still apply long term. Uh, I don't know necessarily that he's going to get as many receptions as Zach Miller guy. Just looking at everyone else who's on the team and as much as I wanted to really save this for later in the show, but as much as Trubisky likes to spread the wealth around the field. I mean, we've seen multiple times where guys are, you know, Eric seven or eight guys are getting receptions in a game. So I don't know necessarily that Trey Burton's is going to be that guy who's going to put up Zach Miller numbers, but he just needs to be reliable long-term.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I think spreading the wealth of course is huge. And you saw that in Kansas city under Nagy he does a good job. And I think even last year with Trubisky, there's like seven or eight uh, different players getting reception in like the first half of game. So obviously uh, he knows how to do that, not to lock on, on one guy, which of course is going to be beneficial. But let's go ahead. Let's talk about his ceiling and floor. And I'm going to begin with the ceiling. I think Trey Burton's ceiling, a uh, top, 15 tight end per year i think anywhere around the stat lines of 45 catches 500 yards seven touchdowns would be huge in terms of the absolute top what we should expect from him i think he can be maybe even higher in the right scheme if for some reason other players go down to injury and we have to kind of rely on him just a little bit more but i'm just going to be cautiously optimistic here um i don't even think a pro bowl one day down the line in his career is out of the question uh either at least that's that that's at least just me uh nick how about you what do you think his ceiling is yeah that's a tough one because i know the bears really want to develop adam shaheen
3: and then you have trey burton here so the ceiling um i'm thinking he's going to be more of like that red zone target i know adam shaheen's also there if you have alan rob there's a lot of weapons now that's so weird to say in chicago (laughs) we have weapons um but i would say a ceiling like maybe he's a guy that you can count on for four to five catches you know, a a game or so, maybe three to four catches a game and, you know, big, significant catches, third down those red zone targets, like I was saying. Um, But yeah, there's just the Trubisky, like you said, well, he likes to spread the ball around. So again, whenever he's open and he's the guy that Trubisky's looking at, I think he's going to make that catch. But ceiling, um, like I said, three, four catches a game and
1: able to get into the end zone. All right. B, I'm going to go ahead and let you be devil's advocate because you like to play that role. What's his floor? Uh, I have it at 15 receptions, just because it's.
2: Uh, we don't necessarily know where he's going to be as like long term. I guess if Adam Sheen really develops and kind of pushes Trey Burton down the depth chart, I mean that's a long term floor this year. I don't expect it to be that. I I'm pegging his his ceiling at 40 receptions, but you kind of look at his career. He's never really had 40, but he's never had less than 20. So there, he's he's easily got that middle ground in there. Uh, but I'm going to put put his floor at 15 just if something freaky happens or if Adam Sheen really progresses and then he doesn't get much playing time. I mean, I still would expect him to be part of the offense, but no less than 15 receptions.
1: Sure. I anticipate both of them to be on the field. Plenty, uh, not just this year, but for years to come for me, I'm going to have a slightly higher floor for Trey Burton. I think he, his floor would be a good, but not flashy tight end somewhere about the numbers, like 25 catches, 300 yards, four touchdowns. I think that would be a floor for him. Of course, uh, uh, I, I expect a little bit more, but uh, what's up B?
2: last year. He had 23 receptions.
1: Yeah, but last year he was like the third behind it, Ertz, behind Selleck.
2: That's true. I just found it weird that that's where he pegged us for. But.
1: No, I think in a bigger role in Chicago, I think he's uh, he's going to get more looks his way, more targets his way. So I think, and he's hauled in the majority of the balls that he's ever seen. Right. So I think if he's getting at least 35, 40, even 40 targets a year, there's no way he doesn't catch at least 25. And I think 40 targets, is, of course, is a pretty much lowballing it. it. Uh, but guys, I want to know, what's the one thing that you maybe like about Burton amongst uh, more so than other things. And Nick, I'm going to go to you first.
3: Again, I said it before is versatility because I think that just changes the aspect of Nagy's offense to where you can have a tight end who can line up in multiple formations along the field and be, you know, a versatile threat from those different formations. I think, again, it just gives this uh, offense more options and Trey Burton. He's going to excel at those things. He did it in his limited role in Philadelphia. Now that that's being expanded, going to be expanded in Chicago.
1: Uh, you know, those numbers are definitely going to go up, but I just love his versatility. Sure. I love his experience and just familiarity with this scheme. And of course, of being a part of a winning team and not just being a part of a winning team, but being there for the long haul, watching it kind of progress and where it became in Philadelphia. Cause he was there when he first got there. Uh, I think Chip Kelly was there and things weren't going uh, so well as we all know, but he saw that whole entire thing kind of shift and now he can see the same thing in Chicago kind of happen under Coach Nagy. Uh, going over to B, what's maybe the one thing you like the most?
2: I think it's reliability, because when Zach Miller was around, we kind of knew that he had an injury history. and We were kind of like, well, we if we can get the most out of him for whatever it is, then you know the offense is going to be pretty good. But Burton has only missed three games in his whole career, so that's something that I really like is that he will be around.
1: Nick, does anything worry you about Trey Burton? Again, I said it before, how is
3: he going to be able to handle the more um, – he's going to obviously have more opportunities. Now he's going to be a guy that you're expected to look to. If, you know, like I said, people are locked up and this is going to be a guy. How's he going to handle that more um, taxing offense? He's going to have more plays. How's he going to be able to be durability wise? Those are some things I look at because he wasn't the number one tight end. He was a number three guy. He really was. And um, how's he just going to be able to handle that more expanded role in Chicago? That's what kind of worries me. Um, Obviously um, being a guy that, isn't your number one. And now you're expecting to be maybe one number two tight end now for the bears. And he's going to get a lot of opportunities. How's he going to handle that?
1: Sure. Yeah. For me, I had to dig kind of like really down deep to kind of find a worry. And pretty much it's nothing I have personally, but I know someone would probably make the argument that, Hey, he just won a Super Bowl ring. He just got a big payday. What's he got to play for? And it makes sense. So maybe his desire won't be there, but even then a, I don't personally believe that I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here and b. uh, It's again, it's something that you really can't speculate on and you just kind of wait and see. Uh, But you see in free agency all the time. People get paid and they kind of just disappear. Hopefully that's not Trey Burton, uh, but that'd be my one and only worry in terms of him. What about you, B? Anything you want to add?
2: I think you guys have very valid concerns there with your worries. I just want to add the run blocking because when you watch a highlight reel, that's not something that gets thrown on there. So I don't know what kind of a run blocker he is.
1: Sure. I don't know uh our one of our writers on our website, Steve Latizia, I'm pretty sure he's working on something like that. So we'll get to know a little bit more about the on field stuff of Trey Burton, the nitty gritty things that we don't get to see in the highlights or uh things of that nature. But guys, let's go ahead and grade this signing. And of course, just to keep things in perspective, you know, talent, need, contract uh details as well. But B, I'll let you go ahead and begin. What's your overall grade here? I gave it a B plus. He's a good red zone threat, good
2: short field threat. I mean, he catches everything, uh, but he was must- possibly slightly overpaid and i didn't think tight end was necessarily the biggest need i mean i'm glad that he's here don't get me wrong it's just gets a gets a b plus i thought it could have been used elsewhere but i'm still happy that Trey burton's here nonetheless
3: all right what about you nick yeah i give it a b b plus that range again a uh, lot a lot of the reasons you said brandon um when you look at that contract finally
0: a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the ergo smart base from tempurpedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep, all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to five hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets, and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
3: Like he is being paid as one of one of the better tight ends in the league, and for a guy who. Hasn't been as productive. He wasn't number three. But again, those contracts are for projected what you project this player to do, not what he did in the past. So the Bears are expecting big things from Burton. And that's that's a good thing. But um, again, with Adam Shaheen there, how much is he's going to be a factor in this offense, but how big of a factor? And obviously, they're going to put both of those tight ends on the field at the same time. So it's going to be interesting to see how
1: productive Burton is. I think he will be. But uh, yeah, I give it a B, B plus all right i give this one an a minus i think it was a position of need did you really want adam shaheen to be your number one tight end i mean eventually yes but right now i don't know if you can bank on him doing so and i think it would be kind of foolish to go through the entire offseason training camp and start week one with shaheen as your number one tight end uh believing that he can take on that role without any competition at least at the minimum at least burton's gonna of course make Shaheen know like hey if I don't perform, they have someone else here is going to go ahead and take some snaps away from me. Uh, so for me, I like this a lot. It's another young player with tremendous upside. I think, of course, he fits perfectly with what Nagy wants to do. Um, Pace did what it took to go ahead and get him here into Chicago. And again, the Bears offense just takes another leap forward with his potential and its young core. Another young player. It's going to be so exciting to watch come camp i'm very excited all right so coming up next we're gonna go talk about a kicker that's right there's a new kicker in town his name's cody parkey and before we do i want to go ahead and give a shout out to our new donor his name is isaac siegel uh he wanted to go ahead and cash in his uh, monthly shout out on the show right now uh, i don't really mention our patreon it is at patreon.com slash the bears bros if you want to give it a look but uh yeah we give everyone a shout out in the show once per month there's other goodies like a free t-shirt free posters, uh, handwritten thank you cards they'll send to you in the mail. Uh, pretty much the donations kind of cover costs like us going to the Combine, uh, covering that for you guys, our upcoming trip to Canton as we're going to be covering uh, not only the Hall of Fame game, but Brian Urlacher's uh, you know, enshrinement into the Hall of Fame. So things like that. Again, I don't really mention it too much on the show, but I do appreciate it for those who find it and decide to go ahead and donate. So again, thank you so much, Isaac. We appreciate it very much. All right, next up, it appears that Ryan Pace has finally decided to fix that black hole at kicker as he snagged Cody Parkey out of Miami. And yes, we know Pace is the one who did create that mess at the position when he let go of Robbie Gold. But alas, it does appear that Chicago has found a solution. Now, I don't think we need to go as in-depth here as we did with Burton. And Robinson as Parky, only has one job, and that's to kick the football. But anyway, real quick, guys, initial reaction about the Bears sending a kicker on uh, one of the first days of free agency. Nick? I mean, they needed one.
3: It was like a revolving door for kicker at one point here in Chicago, just kicker after kicker after kicker. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, this is Chicago. This is a tough place to kick. And obviously, being from Miami, that's not the... I guess toughest place, uh, not the same type of environment um, that you have to kick in. But again, uh, I guess I like the pick because we just needed someone hopefully who could be consistent because we all remember the field goal kick at the end of that Detroit game. And that was awful. So let's not have that happen again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know what kick you're talking about. I have amnesia from those final couple of seconds of the game. (laughs) But uh, what about you, B? I didn't even
2: know who he was when I seen the news. So once I figured <laughs> out that he was a kicker, I was like, okay, we're, we're at least in business trying to, you know, put a door jam in the revolving door or something. So I, I just didn't even know who he was initially.
1: Okay. Uh, that's fair. I mean, it's a name I had to kind of do a little bit more digging into as well, um, but I'm pretty stoked about it now. I mean, uh, he is poised to be our best kicker since Robbie Gold, not saying better than I'm saying since uh, make sure I'm clear there. Um, and I know it doesn't take much to be better than Barth, but Parky, he, I think he has a chance to be that long-term solution to position. But again, maybe the medi- mediocity, I have a hard time saying that word, but I really wanted to say it. Uh, I think that might be behind us here, and at least in terms of the kicking position, but let's go ahead and briefly look at some strengths and weaknesses and guys you know me, I have my thing for kickers. I'm just going to kind of run down some things real quick in terms of his strengths. And I think the first thing is his accuracy. He was the eighth most accurate kicker in the NFL last year. And if you take out those who attempted less than, uh, if that's if you take out those who attempted less than 10 field goals, he made 91% of his 23 kicks. Um, He's pretty good from range. Nine of, he's nine from 10 from 50 plus in his career. He's money from less than 40. Since his rookie season, he has not missed a field goal less than 40 yards. He's 15 of 15. And I have here my notes, my notes clutch city. Uh, after being waived by the Browns last year in his first game as a Dolphin, he drills a game winner, and then within the first six weeks in Miami, he hit three game winners in six weeks. So that has me excited. Of course, it won't be like that super wide, atrocious kick that Nick was referring to that I faked having amnesia about from <laughs> Connor Barth, but guys. Um, I don't have anything in terms of his personality or any interesting stories. Again, it's a kicker. So you're not going to find a lot of written content out there in the world. But uh, what are your overall thoughts in terms of uh, expectations? Short term, long term, anything? I know it's a kicker. It's a little bit different, but uh, Nick?
3: Uh, that's a good question. I expect, uh, well, short term, I guess you want to see him, uh, especially in like the preseason, the Bears are going to get that extra preseason game in the Hall of Fame game. You know, maybe the Bears Bear stall on the drive. You get to see, you know, him, you know, kick that longer type of field goal. You want to see it go through the uprights right from the very beginning, because if that kick goes wide right, wide left, you can already, you already know Bears fans are going to go on Twitter. They're going to go wherever social media entity they want to use. What do we, what are we doing? It's another Barth. It's another the revolving door is still moving. Keep bringing in kickers. So, I guess short term, you want to see that first field goal really go in wherever it's from. And I'm seeing right now in the stats, if I mean ESPN I'm using, uh he hasn't attempt, attempted a field goal uh from 1 to 19 yards ever. I uh, maybe uh that's what I'm seeing right now. So, that's I think that's off. I think is that's it off? off.
1: I would go to check throw football reference if I was you, but I know that's not right.
3: Okay. Because uh, maybe, yeah, maybe ESPN is uh, off. I'm seeing kicking stats one to 19 zeros. So. I've seen
2: that as well on ESPN, but <sighs> that's I, just
3: a
1: lesson. Don't do it. Pro football. I'll go to pro football reference. Uh, right. to we'll, refer- we'll come back. We'll check in with Nick here in a minute as he goes to double check these stats. Uh, Brandon, anything else that you, do you have? I know you said you didn't even know who he was uh, when he was announced earlier today, but any expectations you have for him long term, short term?
2: I like that he made 91 percent of his kicks last year. That's very encouraging. After, you know, you do a little bit of research after I said, you know, I didn't know who he was. Then You kind of look him up a little bit. I like that he made 91 percent of his kicks on a joke that I made earlier in the day. Hopefully short term and long term he can perky, the football between the uprights.
1: <laughs> Amazing. All right, so <laughs> honestly, though, uh, something I just really like, of course, it's just now I think the Bears finally can have consistency and count. Comp- confidence in the position. Nikki doesn't have to worry about setting out the field goal unit of which of course is beneficial. But for me, I think she's going to come in, be more efficient than the previous kickers that we've had since Robbie gold. And he's going to be more than just a stopgap kicker. And I think he's only 26. So he can really become that kicker for the long foreseeable future. Maybe this chapter of the bears era that we're kind of about to embark on. I think he can be the guy to kind of hold down the place kicking position. Nick, do you have an update in those stats? Uh yeah, no, it's correct. Field goals attempted. There really? are none. Field goals made, none. From zero <laughs> to nineteen
3: yards. This guy has never attempted that. So I want to see how he does on his first field goal. <laughs> if the Bears cannot punch in the end zone when they get in the red zone. I want to see what he does because he hasn't attempted one. He hasn't made one. There's there's no stats. There's not even a zero there. It's just blank. Well so maybe yeah.
2: Maybe a concern is I noticed last year he missed three extra points. So maybe if he gets closer than extra point range, he struggles a little. He
3: gets bit. closer, yeah. he's more prone to miss than when he gets further away. I'd rather take that because hopefully <laughs> that means we are getting in the end zone. He doesn't have to attempt those closer ones. But that's true. yeah, that's that's a weird statistic. I did that's weird. I, I wonder if any kicker has never attempted in, what four years?
1: Yeah, forty years. On.
3: That's weird that he hasn't attempted a field goal from zero
1: in between 19 yards. It's crazy. Yeah. I just double checked this because I was still in disbelief, but Nick's right. Zero <laughs> attempts. Four years. Really odd. Um, Okay. So yeah, I want to know. <laughs> ceiling and floor guys. Do you have any? Uh Not really. I just I want to see him make them. kicks.
2: Yeah. I mean, ceiling. I mean, I, I would like to see him consistently hit 90% of his field goals. I mean, I don't know how realistic that is. I've never actually paid that close attention to kicking stats. I just like it if you make it. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, if he can hover around 90% for hitting his field goals, that I will absolutely take that short-term and long-term as a ceiling.
1: All right, there you go. I mean, for me, I think his ceiling slash, and like for the long-term, maybe a top-10 kicker in the league in terms of his accuracy. I mean, he just was. He was just eighth, 91%. But the thing is, how is he going to adjust that Soldier Field grass? It's not friendly to anyone besides, well, you know, Robbie Gold. He's money on that turf. But, uh, yeah, I think the one thing I like most in terms of Parky is just his youth and consistency. His last two seasons, he was 41 of 46. And maybe the only concern to have with him is injuries. There was, uh, for a couple of seasons after his rookie year, he tore all three groin muscles in the game versus the Jets. Uh, and then it took him a couple a year and a half to kind of get back into the swing of things. Uh, that's why you kind of see a dip in numbers um, after that gap that he had. Um, but now that he's healthy, he's kind of gotten back into the groove, 41 to 46, the two years after that injury. So, again, I like the consistency. I like the youth. And, honestly, I think Ryan Pace knows something that we don't know. And I wish we can ask him because I think Parky is going to be a pretty solid kicker, guys. Any final thoughts on our kicking position?
3: I think Pace fixed? just knows that we needed a new kicker. And he's like, all right, we'll try it out. And, man, who says uh, kickers don't get injured? I mean, that's a pretty significant injury. I wonder if that happened, like, on a kickoff, just overextend the leg, oh, tears everything in the groin. That's that sucks,
1: you know. Yeah, don't tell Cairo Santos that. I'm sure he'll have an argument about <laughs> injuries and kickers. Very true. With that would
3: be his floor. I mean, that would be his floor if he's a like Cairo Santos. Like, you definitely don't want that to be the case.
1: No doubt. All right, guys, real quickly, uh, we have to do it. So, grade the kicking uh, signing here, Nick. Um,
3: I guess I'll go with a. I'll go with a C until he proves me otherwise. So, uh, unless I see those, the you know, the football go through the uprights, I, I'm going to give it a C. All right, what about you, B? I'm going to give it an A because he made 90%
2: of his field goals last year and hopefully he can consistently bring that to Chicago because that's something that we need in case we can't get into the end zone, which I hope we do. Uh, but points are always good, and we weren't getting that with Barth. So,
1: Exactly. Awesome. Glad you have an A because I gave it an A, too, and I even put sorry in my notes. It's like, sue me. I'm happy. <laughs> we, we, I think we actually huh. fixed the kicking woes here in Chicago. I'm happy about it. So, again, if you want to sue me, Go right for it. But honestly, we don't have to worry about Barth going out there trying to kick to win a game. We have a kicker who I have confidence in. Pace has confidence in. And I think he has confidence himself uh, when his number is called. So I think that is worth so much that, especially if the Bears want to become real contenders, they need to have that sturdy kicker that you can rely upon in big game, big pressure situations. And I think Parkey can be the guy. So for me, I'll give it an A. Uh, It's not like Pace brought in a kicker. An undrafted guy or someone right before camp again, right? This is a kicker he brought on now. We're in March. He has all through September to get used to the Chicago elements. And I think there's a reason why we got him here day one, besides waiting uh, way down the line here for a kicker. So I'm excited. So I'm going to give it an a nay. And going ahead to look at Twitter real quick, we have 50% of Bears fans gave it an a nay. 43 gave it a B and 7% gave it a C. No one gave it a D. So that's okay. All right. Last but not least, the Bears finalized... And that anticipated double dip at the wide receiver position when they agreed to terms with Taylor Gabriel out of Atlanta. The 27-year-old is the oldest pickup thus far, but he has been a solid slot receiver for the Falcons over the last two years, even though he does not want to be considered a slot receiver. Fun fact. It is not yet another one of those Pace-esque signings. Another undrafted player who had to earn his way up through the ranks has experienced making it to the Big dance. So for me, it's another exciting pick, another time using that word today. But Brandon, I'm going to let you begin. What was your initial reaction of the Gabriel signing? This was the one that
2: I went, yeah, yeah. This bears offense is going to start going somewhere now. I, Cause this Taylor Gary was the guy I wanted last year. Right. So, so to see him come in now, I mean, just with the signing of Alan Robinson earlier today, with Mr. Whiskey as a quarterback. I, it's, it's really exciting now that he's brought in. This was, this was my wow, excited kind of reaction. All
3: right. What about you, Nick? Interesting. Uh, you know, it was a pick that it didn't shock me. Cause I knew why, uh, Ryan Pace to go get this. He's a guy that fits the system. So I wouldn't say I was overly excited. I think he's going to fill his role here in Chicago, being that deep threat, being able to obviously, you know, spread the field vertically. So uh, it's a guy that just made sense. He's another um, guy that just fits the system here with Nagy being the head coach.
1: Awesome for me. And soon I saw it. I had a smile. I was, of course, we're all a little upset that Albert Wilson, uh, that kind of did not work out. But when I saw this, I actually believe that Ryan Pace is preparing to win now. Gabriel, he's a a very much an ideal third wide receiving option for any offense. He comes to Chicago with plenty of potential. He did some solid things in Atlanta, being part of that rotation with Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and Devontae Freeman out of the backfield. I think he has to play a very similar role here in Chicago. So for me, I couldn't be more happy that he is here to become a bear. Um, But so I'm probably on par more with Brandon, not so much with Nick here. Uh, If you're listening live, uh, I want to know in the chat uh, what your thoughts here on Gabriel, because I can see it going uh, a couple different ways here. But let's look at his strengths and weaknesses. And Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, What are some strengths that he brings to the table? I mean, obviously, he, his speed is his strength. The way he can
3: get, you know, beyond defenders, get behind them is what the Bears are going to really anticipate from him in this offense. And if you line him up in the slot, uh, this is a guy, you know, get him open in open space, that yak is going to definitely be up there if, you know, get get him in the right situation. So that's definitely a strength of his. Um, He's only 5'8", though. I mean, might as well go in the weaknesses for me. 5'8", 165. He's a small guy. He's like, uh How tall know, are you? I'm 5'8 too. So I mean I'm not playing I don't have his speed though. But um he's actually I mean same what a little taller than Tariq Cohen, but he is uh he is small for his size. So a durability is going to be an issue uh just taking those big hits. See, it hasn't been an issue in the past, but just uh hopefully he can stay healthy for the Bears and you know being over in the middle playing in the slot you're going to take some of those bigger hits. But you send him on vertical routes, he doesn't have to, you know, get hit by those linebackers cuz they're definitely not going to be covering him down. Finally,
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I just love the elite speed and quickness that he brings to the table. I mean, it's allowed him to become a yak machine last year, uh, actually 2016. So I always get confused in my years at this time. It's still March, still early. It's it's 2018. I need to remind myself of that. But he averaged 8.1 yards per reception after the catch. He just continually took those short passes, turning them into big games with his speed and his ability to slip defenders. And just don't forget, he was a vital part of Atlanta's offense in their run to the Super Bowl that season. On top of that, he also has some pretty good hands, kind of like Trey Burton there. He only dropped one of his 34 catchable targets last year, which is eighth in the NFL. B, any other strengths that you want to bring and perhaps a weakness?
2: I'll bring my weakness because you guys took all my strengths. Wow. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: now, his weakness, Nick brought up that his strength is his speed, uh, but it also could be his weaknesses. When you watch some of his film, he's sometimes outrunning his blockers, which is okay when you're near the end zone because you just take the leap like he does a couple times and gets in there. Uh, but when you get in there into the open field, sometimes it's it's best to kind of stick behind your blocker for a shorter period of time or a longer period of time so that way your defender can try and guess which way you're going and then you burn in that way.
1: Sure. Awesome. All right, guys. Anything, Nick, did you find anything like interesting in terms of like his personal life? I did not. I had a hard time finding anything. I know he wants to be likes the name Turbo, and that was about it. Yeah, no, I
3: didn't really have the time with this one being a little later. I was on my way from work, so I didn't get to go and look into his personal life. But Turbo, I think that that's a name that would definitely catch on, especially if he catches those deep touchdowns here in Chicago. Exactly. And do you
2: you guys know that he's a record holder? For most career touchdowns at Abilene Christian University.
1: Oh, look at that. Hey, it's another small school guy that Pace has brought in too. I know he had experience here, of course, in the NFL now. Undrafted, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Undrafted guy too. So another one of those guys who had to kind of claw their way up the ladder onto a Super Bowl, you know, team, which again, it's pretty nice to bring in those players who have that kind of work ethic. And that's what kind of makes me have confidence that they're not gonna come here and just kind of, you know, take it easy for a bit. They're gonna come here and uh produce and produce well. Um something else I want to mention, he did run a 4.2840 at his pro day. He was also named the NFL's eighth fastest player last year. I believe he is the fastest receiver in Chicago since Johnny Knox. Nick argues otherwise and believes it's Devin Hester. Again though, I'm not talking about guys in shorts. I'm talking about on-field speed, but well, I don't know. Are you still with Devin Hester over there?
3: I mean, I didn't take when you tweeted that out. I didn't take it as like playing playing the receiver position i just i thought he meant just speed in general like guys that can just burn and just run fast and i saw that you know devin hester had that instagram post i remembered because that's why i brought it up i'm like he said he ran it with a pulled hamstring and a sneaker so i'm like and that's devin hester i got his jersey right there i mean i'm gonna defend that guy he's i mean he didn't even he was a db coming out of college in miami and then you convert him to wide receiver so maybe if he was a pure wide receiver he could have played the position faster. I just think he was the fastest wide receiver. And technically, Taylor, Taylor Gabriel's not a Bears
1: receiver yet until tomorrow. Okay, so all fair. All fair. I'm going <laughs> to let you have it for now. But again, does it matter how quick they can run shorts or does it matter what they could do on the field? So I thought it was assumed, but apparently not. I should never take that for granted ever again, at least with you. But um, let's go ahead. <laughs> And let's go look at uh, some things that they bring to the table and of course, expectations. We kind of talked about the speed that he brought to the table on top of that. Um, But so maybe expectations might be a good place to go here. We have already gone for over an hour, but again, it's Ryan Pace day. So we have to celebrate just a little bit. Nick, how about you? What are your expectations for Gabriel short term, long term? Yeah, that's a good
3: question because there are so many weapons here now with Taylor Gabriel, and I thought Terry Cohen was really going to fit his role when you think about it. So expectations for him, not expecting him to have a lot of receptions, um, but I do expect him to have a lot of big plays. Um, Maybe for a season, like maybe this upcoming season, uh, I wouldn't uh, be shocked if he only had maybe – 20 catches or something like that, but has a long of maybe a 70-yard passing touchdown or something like that. I think that's where you can expect Taylor Gabriel because you have Alan Robson, you have Trey Byrne, Adam Shaheen, Cameron Merritt, Kevin White. Those are a lot of guys that are going to get the focal point of this, you know, majority of this offense to pass the stone this way. Taylor Gabriel's more of that big play guy.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. But on top of that, I think he's going to do some things even if he's not touching the ball and one of them is with that home run speed he's going to of course be able to burn past the secondary and of course opposing defensive coordinators are going to know this. The safeties are going to know this. So in turn it's going to make uh, defenses do a couple things. One, they're going to have a hard time trying to double Allen Robinson if they want to and number two, they're going to have a hard time stacking the box. Do you think they're going to want to put that extra safety, you know, up near the line of scrimmage with Gabriel's on the field? No way. Especially if they want to make sure that they don't get torched deep. so And don't forget, Trubisky had some pretty decent deep ball accuracy, especially uh, he didn't have a lot of help, of course, but at least the ball was on the money more times than not. But again, he can do some more things. He can get beat. And on top of that, uh, I think he can do in terms of taking those short plays and turning them into long games. You can do those on bubble screens. You can also be effective on end rounds and just turn out some big games. I think in two years in Atlanta, he rushed the ball 12 times for about 100 yards, which, if you do the math, is 8.3 yards per carry over those two years. So just another little wrinkle to the offense, something you need to think about. And if they want to do like that jet sweep slash you know, RPO, that might be an interesting way that Gabriel can kind of get implemented in this offense. But what about you, B? What are your expectations? Can you...
2: Just picture now, I know I can, Tariq Cohen lining up right next to Taylor Gabriel. Because who, 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 who takes who on the defense? Like sure. Those are two tough guys to guard. But, I mean, we talked about this earlier, spreading the wealth around. I think Trubisky's is going to do something similar this year. Spread it around. And the good news is now that there's multiple proven guys on this team that can do that, Uh can be able to handle it. Uh, they're not all necessarily going to have careers because, like I said, Trubisky's probably going to spread the wealth around and there's a lot of pieces uh, that they're still going to have to figure out who fits where exactly. So there's going to be some bumps in the road. So, short term, I think between Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, and Taylor Gabriel, there's going to be some rust that's going to be shaken out. But long term, I really, really like where this is all headed. These are all young guys. Uh, this is a group really to be reckoned with when you consider that there's still Kendall Wright, uh, Kevin White, Cam Meredith. I mean, I had a hard time keeping a level head about all this thinking of the long term future because there's just so much potential here to get excited about.
1: There really is. And I mean, we're not used to it. We've been doing this podcast for over three years now, and this is by far the most dynamic, at least on paper, uh, a group of playmakers that we've had here in Chicago. And I don't even know what to make, how to even make sense of it right now. So I'm definitely in agreement there, but Brandon, I'm going to go right back to you. What do you think Gabriel ceiling could be?
2: Um, I mean, he's never eclipsed 40 receptions in his career. Um, So I think that's going to be kind of where I put his ceiling at for now, especially because, like I said, if Trubisky's going to keep spreading the wealth around, there's a lot of other guys that are going to want the ball. And he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy that gets the ball all the time because, like you said, strategically, they could have him on end-arounds, fake end-arounds, you know, double screens where you have to respect both Gabriel and Tariq Cohen. I mean, there's just a lot of factors that are going to go into his ceiling. uh, And he's never eclipsed 40 receptions, so it's going to kind of where I'm pegging.
3: Sure. What about you, Nick? Um, for ceiling again, like you said, Brandon, he hasn't gotten those forty receptions in a season, and I don't expect him to get that. Um, here with the Bears, because there are a lot of players that he can uh, throw the uh, Trubisky can throw the ball to. But as a floor, I mean, in when he was in Cleveland, he only had uh, twenty eight receptions, and maybe that's where you would hope that, that that floor is at. Even even with that, you're still being somewhat productive with a team that does have multiple weapons there. And as long as those are some of those bigger kind of plays. I'm all right with that. I'm not expecting a lot of big things from Taylor Gabriel. I'm really not. Um, but you said it perfectly well. He's a guy that you can't bring that safety up, especially if you have him on the field. And Kevin White can still take the top off of defense. He just hasn't been on the field to show that. So you, if you're going to play at the Bears and Jordan Howard's going to be running, you can't bring that safety down. And I think just having Taylor Gabriel, like Tariq Cohen was in a lot of plays last year because he was a distraction. And maybe that could be the role for Taylor Gabriel in some plays, but yeah, not a lot of high expectations for him, I guess I would say.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to kind of peg what to expect from him stat-wise, stat-wise because again, he's going to do a little bit more than just what the stats indicate. I think his 2016 numbers, I think it might end up being his best season in the NFL when it's all said and done with the 35 catches, about 600 yards, six touchdowns. And if again, if he finds a way to kind of match that, that would be a good ceiling for him to kind of you know replicate. And of course, we wouldn't complain here in Chicago, but my kind of basement or floor here would be about the same as you Nick 25 catches maybe 300 yards in a season no touchdowns like that one season he had in Cleveland where he didn't score a single time that's kind of where I'm thinking but again of course it's probably gonna be somewhere in the middle where uh, when it's all said and done but guys I want to know what's the one thing you like about Gabriel more than the other traits that he brings here to Chicago and B, will go to you first
2: his speed and elusiveness I mean he just makes guys miss like
1: it's no big deal Yep. I mean, speed's on my list list as well, and I'm sure, Nick, you have speed down too.
3: Yeah, I mean, he almost fits that Tyreek Hill kind of player role where he can just send a guy deep with that speed, and that's what Negi really liked in that offense. We can't say in the five games that he was the play caller, so he fits that role. Obviously, Tariq Cohen can also do that as well, but yeah, he definitely fits there, so that's where I really like him. Awesome.
1: And for me, in terms of a worry, uh, just like any free agent, I'm just slightly worried that maybe his production from Atlanta won't transfer over here to Chicago. Um, You just see it across the NFL every year. You know, someone gets a contract coming off a couple decent seasons with one team, goes to a new team and just kind of falls off a cliff. I don't expect it to be the case, but that would just be my one lone worry if I had to really kind of dig deep for another worry here on Gabriel. But what about you, Nick? Do you have any other worries? I mean, look, we signed Kendall
3: Wright, Don Dante, and you know, obviously Marcus Wheaton. You see how that kind of worked out. Kendall Wright being the best one out of them. That could be the worry that these receivers that we do sign a free agency, maybe they just don't pan out. Uh we saw that with Marcus Whedon. He was a guy that we were expecting big things from. We were probably uh when we signed him a free agency, we were expecting like to him to do some decent things on the field. It just never happened. Injuries happened. Uh when he got on the field, he just couldn't catch or whatever it was. So that that can worry me. Just free agents, they're free agents for a reason. And you hope that that negative reason or whatever the reason is doesn't go back to bite you and when you expect them to do things uh, for you in a positive
1: manner on the field. Exactly. What about you, B? Anything else you want to add?
2: You guys touched on really the only worry that, I mean, we could have on all these free agents. But as far as Taylor Gabriel, specifically, I don't have any because like uh, you said earlier, Will, I mean, he can do things that don't always show up on the stat sheet that are going to end up paying dividends.
1: All right, cool. Moving on, let's go ahead and just grade this final signing of the day and bi am going to go right back to you. This is your guy.
2: This is my guy. And you better believe I'm giving him an A because he's the downfield threat that can make guys miss. He's a great asset in the screen game and he's going to have to be accounted for by defenses, whether or not he's going to get the
3: ball or not.
1: And if he doesn't get accounted for, then that's okay too. All right, Nick, I see some self-contemplation on your face. Are you debating what you want to do here?
3: Yeah, because I, again, I still have that sour taste of the other f- last year's free agents, and obviously each player is different. Um, and I don't free think he's going to have. Class. What was that?
2: I said, and each free agency class is
3: different. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and I don't think he's going to be as productive. So I'll give him a C plus, B minus, that range. Um, I just not like I said, I'm not expecting that big of things to come from him, but hopefully he can take the top off of defense.
1: Okay i'm going to go another route here i'm going to do a minus uh which is weird i have a's or a minuses all across the board which a week ago if you would have told me hey will uh after ryan Pace signs his first four guys release comes to agreement with these first four guys you're going to give them all an a and i'm be like no way no way we're going to do that i just didn't believe that was actually going to become a reality you hope so you just don't think it's actually going to come true well look at this now it's actually happened and i'm going to do it a minus Again, I'm sounding like a broken record, but how can you not give it an a nay? Because at bolsters yet another position which the Bears have struggled. It gives Chicago a much-needed burner, a true slot receiver, and they get with Gabriel. And on top of this, I think the arsenal for Drew is now just what I'm going to call beyond stacked. Uh, and now with Gabriel in the mix, the speed he brings to the table, I think it's going to just open up things and just t- kind of take the focus away from Jordan Howard, away from the guys on the outside, and it's going to be one of those One of my favorite words, symbiotic relationships between the two where, you know, you can't focus on one, so you're going to beat them with someone else. And you're just going to if Nagy does what he has promised to do, that's exactly how we're going to excel here in the upcoming season. But, guys, I want to know any final thoughts on the class so far. I'm sure this is only the tip of the iceberg. Nick? You
3: know, uh, Pace, I I wrote an article that he needed to be aggressive in free agency, and he's done just that and a little bit more. He's addressed some positions of need. He got his number one target, Allen Robinson, got Trey Burton. Uh, Yeah, I think Ryan Pace, uh, we saw what he did in the past free agency classes, and they haven't been as as good. Definitely not as good. Uh, Keem Hicks being like the biggest signing in Danny Trevathan, but he's been aggressive, and I really like where he's going with this.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Seriously. It's like when you're looking back, like seriously, I tweeted this out earlier a year ago, about to the day we did our free agency reaction and it was Quentin Demps and Mike Glennon. Today, we got to talk about Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, Cody Parkey, a kicker, and now another wide receiver, Spivester and Taylor Gabriel. It's just a light and day difference in terms of how I'm feeling. Like, I don't have to make up excuses why you should be excited. Like, last year, Brandon and I had our time. Like, how do we sell Mike Glennon? Because it's like, <laughs> it's tough. It really is. But you just, as a Bears fans, you have to try to find the positives. And we tried. And of course, that was uh, very short lived here in Chicago. But it's just a whole different ballgame this year. You know, Ryan Pace has mentioned, hey, I'm going to build this team through the the draft and then I'm going to supplement it via free agency. I think he was just biding his time until that core was established through the draft. And now that it has, especially with one more draft to go, uh, in a month now, I think he, he knew where his weaknesses were. He got the best players that he could at the positions and he's ready to kind of take that next leap. Now with the new head coach, I'm very excited for what's to come. And I really am fond of this free agency class. Of course I did give everyone an a or an a minus. So I think that was a given, <laughs> but, uh, what about you B any final thoughts? Let's see him attack the defense.
2: I'm, I'm interested to see what he does there. He's, he's fixed some holes on offense. Uh, let's see if he can do some similar things on defense.
1: Yeah, you know, Christian Jones is now Detroit Lions, so definitely yep. inside linebacker depth. Uh, and, I mean, of course, Jones played inside and outside, so just linebacker depth in general is still a major need here for the Bears. But the good news is you're not seeing a lot of big-time defenders, especially on the front seven. Finally,
0: a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. pediccom
1: I kind of do anything yet in terms of contracts, so still plenty of time for Pace to go ahead and get that done. I have one more question. And I'm going to give it to Nick. Is Deion Sims officially kind of on borrowed time here? Yeah, I don't think he's a guy that comes back. He didn't.
3: He didn't like. He didn't make an impact when he was here. Um, he was primarily a blocker, and again, Shaheen can fill that role. But I think now with Trey Burton, Evan Shaheen, those are going to be the guys that take the majority of the snaps, and Deion Sims uh, maybe goes back to Miami. Who knows? But yeah, I think his time in Chicago is done.
1: Yeah, I don't see him, him fitting much. Well, And on top of this, I've heard some rumblings about Burton's blocking being better than one would anticipate. So I don't want to call him a poor blocker yet. I want to see what he can do. Obviously, they line him up in a variety of positions. So Trey Burton uh, will get a little bit more tail to tape and we'll let you know exactly how he's going to fit in terms of his blocking ability. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show and you're as excited about these four free agents as we are. We're going to be back soon to break down the next signings. Plus, we're going to make sure to share our thoughts on their press conferences which I'm sure it's going to be happening very soon in Hallis Hall but until then bear down Chicago <laughs>